here for the circus ski hello and the peanuts and uh, he's here for the hot oil massage oh yeah Brent. <laughs> today we're gonna be going i feel like that was a little late because like the you did that when i was talking about the Brent. hot oil massage <laughs> yeah i like to think it's, it's it's kind of a mixture of the two yeah like you listen to a calliope when you're getting your hot oil massage <laughs> <laughs> Very, very uh, relaxing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, there is a baby elephant walk involved. Right, yeah. <laughs> Ski pays a lot for his circus massages. <laughs> My circus massages? Well, I said your circus massages, oh. but <laughs> I was like, is that a new service you think that urologists should uh, offer the circumcise? <laughs> Like we'll give you a massage while you're, if we're uh, you know circumcising you. Yeah. <laughs> Can Nicole use her table for massages? Like, is it the same kind of table? Yes, it is. Gotcha. I was gonna say it lessens the blow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brent's the only one out of our group that's had a circumcision um, mm-hmm. at this point. So, and I can't imagine you or I getting one. I don't think we would have a reason. I think at the time Brent got one, he was still in a position where he could have more babies and chose that he did not want to have more babies. Would you, you say mean, that's accurate? He means vasectomy. Oh, shit, I am. <laughs> God damn it. It took really me a moment, did. too. I was like, why yeah. the fuck aren't you two circumcised? <laughs> well, the way you said it, I was like... I was so sure, too. I was like, did Brent get like a later life? I... I was like, I could have swore the Catholics were. <laughs> yeah. As far as I know, I'm definitely circumcised, and as far as I know, so is Ski. <laughs> I was like, I was like, suddenly became so clear to me how you two knew so much about space docking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Well, this is a few choices. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you get. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, today, today we'll be going over Golden Palace Episode 8. Uh, seems like old times part two. Uh, this one's he will be doing a recap for. Indeed. The circumcised, recently circumcised. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that's a. Uh, I don't know. So now I need to figure out what would be a vasectomy massage mixture. <laughs> So then I can make that joke work. I can retrofit it. (laughs) I know it worked out a lot better. I think that the my mistake was much better than the original joke I was trying to make. (laughs) Yeah, it worked out well in that regard. Um, Well, before we uh, 
before Ski jumps into his uh, recap. You have some alternates? I do have some alternates, and I have a couple listener interactions. Oh, nice. So, glad uh, to hear them all. They'll be glad to hear their names associated with that introduction. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Um, so. Well, I was going to mention uh, one of you. Uh, I was going to say for Brent, if he doesn't work, he doesn't eat. <laughs> um, I was also going to introduce Brent as uh, if he hits me once more, he won't live to hear me say ow. <laughs> uh, I thought about introducing Ski as... Um, a, a spotted owl in the uh, forest of life, <laughs> or possibly a God needed to laugh the day he was born. <laughs> and every day since. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do kind of wish I would have used this one. I like that. That last one I used ties very much into a part of the episode, the one I actually used, um, the here for the circus and here for the hot oil massage. Um, but I really kind of wish that I would have uh, used this one for Brent. Um, his description fits half the women in Miami and a quarter of the men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. So. so yeah, I do have two listener interactions to mm-hmm. mention. Um, we uh, haven't gotten as many recently, but I know Brent challenged everybody last week. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll get a, a deluge of them mm-hmm. um, to come up with uh, where Oliver's been. And we're, yeah. we're expecting at least a few from uh, um, Rockefeller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? I actually have a third one that I forgot about. So I got three interactions to tell you about. Um, Three more than we deserve. Yep, exactly. Uh, We got a mention from uh, from Jennifer. Um, She says she's uh, still in Montreux. I assume that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. But uh, she said I'll share my sunsets, and she sent a very nice picture of a of a sunset there. It's beautiful. And I said, uh, I said this is quite uh, generous, but also quite gloaty. (laughs) She said. uh, I think I said also a little gloaty, and she said it's a lot gloaty. I saw the rest of my photos of this gorgeous place, dot, dot, dot. Nice. And then we got a mention from uh, Lisa. She said, uh, remember an an, uh, an episode from season seven when Blanche said she could never sell the house? (laughs) LOL. (laughs) Yeah, and I said, uh, when you get a great deal on a top-notch hotel, you just have to throw sentimentality out the window. Uh (laughs) And she said, I guess so, LOL. But... um, And then uh, if you keep... Well, after after Dorothy left, it all fell apart for me, Owning a hojo is just a license to print money. <laughs> right, exactly. That's why, you know, those things just never change hands yeah. because they're just <laughs> so lucrative and so uh, such a, a certain way to earn money. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had also gotten a message from uh, from Mario. Oh, hello, Mario. Which I'm always glad to hear from someone we haven't heard from in, you know, at least a little bit yeah, of time. Yeah. Um, because it's just nice to know they're still around. Exactly. Right. Definitely. Thank you, yeah. Mario. He said, uh, congratulations on finishing season seven. Hey. I really enjoyed listening to you guys. Uh, your comments and jokes are something I look forward to every Monday. Nice. I can't wait to move into the Golden Palace. Stay golden. Very nice. And I said, thanks. I'm so glad that you have stuck around with us for all this time, and I hope you hang around for all of Golden Palace. And he said, sure will. And he did mention that Brent's crossword puzzle was awesome. Almost got them all. Nice. So, And that was one of the few times where I've said, I'm going to post something on our Facebook and page, and I actually did. Nice. Yeah. I always like it when you're a man of your word. Yeah, that's rare, but... <laughs> Occasionally, it happens by accident. Exactly. <laughs> so. Well, your management—you can't be held accountable for right. everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything you promised. I've got a lot on my plate. I've got to keep all you fuckers in line. Exactly. <laughs> you got quarterly numbers to meet. Yeah. <laughs> Shareholders to make happy. Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever watched the uh, the show Clarence? Clarence? Mm-hmm. No. It's a cartoon on on. Probably Cartoon Network or something like that. Is it's, it's a, a joke about uh, the angel on It's a Wonderful Life? No, it's yes, a little boy. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like a little boy. Yeah, it's a little boy, and it's a uh, you know. He looks like one of the cats and jammer kids or something, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, <laughs> it, 
it's an odd art style, but yeah. it's you know it's a somewhat funny cartoon. I mean, if uh, I think if you watched it, you'd probably enjoy it, at least bits of it. Yeah. Um, but there's one episode where he's trying to become more of an adult, and mm-hmm. he you know tapes some. Uh, I think he shaves some hair off of his dad's back and tapes it to his face, like as a mustache and whatnot. And, <laughs> and he's trying to take a pair of a baby doll. And uh, I think it's one of our family's favorite scenes from a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to take care of this baby doll and clip his nails. And his other friends are talking to him at the same time. And then he cuts the tip of the baby's finger off. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, we've always said that's exactly what happened the first time we tried to clip Gwen's nails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, a, I don't know, it's an odd show, but that's a particularly funny scene. Yeah. Um, of, uh, Coming to age. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming out of age, I should say. So. Yeah. Anyways, that's exactly what happened when uh, Ski got a circumcision. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> exactly. That's why he didn't go back for the vasectomy. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, there's already been enough slices taken. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, whenever the doctor says, oops, it's not a good thing. Right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. Exactly. Don't worry, I got insurance. We got glue. Yeah. (laughs) No longer looks like a loin of pork. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like I did, um, I remember distinctly like I was a little kid and I was getting my hair cut. And like, you know, my mom always took me to the same place and the lady would cut my hair. And every time like she would cut around my ears, I would always like flinch and tense up. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, oh, well, that's what you do, you know? Yeah. Um. And then, like, I'd been going there for a few years or whatever. And then finally, the lady was, like, you know, talking to my mom. She was like, you know, I just don't get it. Even after all these years, he still doesn't trust me not to cut his ears um, when I'm trimming. And my mom's like, oh, when I gave him his first haircut, I cut his ears. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> That's why I'm subconsciously, I'm just freaking the fuck out every time she gets around these. <laughs> well... In our years of being together, Sherry's cut my hair one time, and that one time she took a chunk out of one of my ears, and oh, yeah. that was the only time that I've ever let her. Really? Right. Yeah. I yeah. Know that. So. that doesn't bode well for you letting her shave your balls. Yeah, exactly. That's why I got the hairiest <laughs> balls in town. Exactly. <laughs> now, luckily, I'm not a particularly hairy man in a general sense yeah. anyway, <laughs> so I don't have any you know, abnormal growth anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So. Just a giant bush of... Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to close your pants. Yeah. <laughs> He's just trying to hide his uncircumcised. Yeah. <laughs> Ski has one too. <laughs> You're the only one at this table. <laughs> Who looks like a real man? Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> Who doesn't look the way God made you? <laughs> so, anyways, um, all right. Well. Just to reconfirm, we we are all circumcised as far as I know, and uh, I think we're ready for your recap. But you two have never had your vasectomy, right? No, that's correct. Because, no. yeah, that that's that was the point I guess I was trying to get around to, is that, like, Sherry, she uh, she can't have babies anymore at this point, mm-hmm. um, and I think Ski and Nicole... We've never been trying... Well, we tried before, but not for many years. Yeah, so, I mean, I think they've never really been concerned about it either way, so... So you're just like, oh, come what may... Most, mostly. I mean, Nicole's on birth control. Okay. Um, yeah, I think they tried. I mean, I guess that's what I meant. Is like they tried a while back, and then it's been many years. Yeah, <laughs> when little Alexis was much younger. Yeah, yeah. Now that we're grandparents, it would be we we do not want any more children. 
you, yeah. you already got an infant to raise. You don't need yeah. a second. <laughs> infant and a 24-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Almost the same needs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They both love the bottle. <laughs> wow. Man. <laughs> Could have said something way worse. So yeah, I think he showed true. restraint. I'll give you that. Shall I begin? Yeah, go, go ahead. <laughs> All right, season eight, episode eight. Uh, seems like old times, part two. The original air date was November 6, 1992. This one was written by Jim Vallelli and directed by Lex Viserys. For anybody who missed last week, can you give us a brief recap? I, I suppose I could. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to? I'm okay. okay. <laughs> I saw last week's. Uh, so, Dorothy shows up. <laughs> uh, Darkens the doorstep. Yep. Uh, Chewie gets married uh, mm-hmm. to someone he doesn't really know. And then uh, Sophia runs away mm-hmm. because they try to make her choose between staying and going back home with Dorothy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Do you think that's what they should have done? What? Like, do you think that's the best way to bring Dorothy back? Oh, no, not at all. No. I think that was a bad storyline they chose for her return to the show. How would you have done it? Um, I mean, I could have seen something maybe, where... Yeah, maybe something just a little more light, lightheaded, or not lightheaded, <laughs> but light, lighthearted, rather. Yeah, I agree. I think something that didn't make Dorothy into a bit of a villain, um, mm-hmm. anything would have been better than making her kind of the bad guy yeah. of the story. So so it could have been something where she did something to help out the hotel, even if it was something where she came and didn't think that they could handle things, which, I mean, she admits to, yeah. I think, in this episode. Yeah. Um, but then had her turn things around where, you know, maybe where she was going to try to do something to help them, yeah. um, but then realize they they didn't need her help after all, and uh-huh. that they were doing well. Yeah. I, I would have been fine with that. But, yeah, the fact that they brought her back and then made her almost immediately into a villain for trying to uh-huh. steal Sophia away. Yeah. I don't think that was... Uh, that wasn't the best use of Dorothy's in the story. Yeah. See, I think you're just sort of a half step away from the way I would have done it. Okay. You know, I would have made it so she was coming back to help them. Like, they've got a big convention coming in, mm-hmm. and they need a little extra help around the Golden Palace. So Dorothy's coming in to help them out, you know, mm-hmm. this week, you know, doing whatever, waitressing, cleaning rooms, whatever, yeah. delivering towels or whatever. <clears throat> but that this this episode here is when she shows up, you know? I think last week should have been another um, flashback episode. You know, it's like the other Goldens telling Roland and Chewie about Dorothy and Ah. just like telling her like different adventures, not even stuff that we've seen, like brand brand new stuff. Mm -hmm. But they're like, I remember one time Dorothy and I entered a Mambo contest, you know, and it's just random stuff. And I think then Dorothy could have had fun moments with the other Goldens and it would have been really lighthearted yeah. in a way for, you know, Chewie and Roland to get to know her and then she shows up this week and lives up to expectations or whatever. Yeah. Or it could have been something, I mean, that would have been great, um, but even if you didn't go the whole route of shooting the different uh, backstories, even if they just had her come in and it's like, oh, you know, I know this is the week you came in, but then we had this convention come through, so now we're slammed and can mm-hmm. you help out? Yeah. And then have it be something where Dorothy has all these ideas or these things that she thinks would make things run better, but then finds out that the other Goldens already have it in hand mm-hmm. and that they have, you know, that yeah. they've learned and that would be the way that they could move on. Yeah. You know, that she would feel good about, you know, where they're at. Yeah. Um, maybe like she was guilty or something like that. Yeah. Felt bad about leaving them to deal with all this without yeah. her. But yeah. yeah. Or, <laughs> okay. or we find out that Oliver 
is Dorothy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> a shapeshifter. He's been there all along. <laughs> and when he's gone, strangely, there's Dorothy. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't see them together. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they definitely missed the opportunity. They could have introduced the scrolls maybe, maybe, into the... <laughs> maybe like one scene where you see it shapeshift. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> From one... Form to the other. Well, it could have been something where, like, Dorothy walks out, but behind, like, a screen where we can see, and then it, like, morphs <laughs> behind that screen from we see it, like, grow to shrink into Oliver's size, and then Oliver walks in. Question is, though, is it, like, a biological thing, or is it magic? Mm. That is a good... You have to say the incantation. <laughs> like a Shazam type of a <laughs> circumstance. <laughs> Drink the potion. Right, know? yeah. Yeah. All right, so if there was like a magical Shazam word mm. that would turn you into B. Arthur, uh-huh. <laughs> like in what day-to-day scenario would you use that? I mean, now I, modern day B. Arthur, or like a still living B. Arthur? <laughs> You're not just a bag of bones. So, so let's assume, just just for the sake of this conversation, that we're one turn into B. Arthur circa 1993. Okay. Um, I mean, I can't think of anything that would be a good reason to do it. <laughs> get into a restaurant. What's that? Get into a fancy restaurant. Well, I mean, I think I could get into a fancy restaurant yeah. as myself. But, not, but you'd have to pay. Be Arthur, they'd so, probably give a free well, no, meal. <laughs> I just think we're talking, I mean, I'm assuming we're talking about uh, Looking like her? Dorothy's yeah. Born Act, not yeah. Be Arthur. Exactly, yes. <laughs> so, gotcha, gotcha. I would say that, because the only thing... Maybe this is just about me. Maybe you want to bang Lucas. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, if, if that's what you're into, then by all means, I guess that would be a reason. If you want to, the only Have thing that comes to my mind down? is going into a place that only women are allowed into. You know, like a woman's locker room or something. And so, like, I can't think of any other reason I'd want to turn into a sixty-year-old woman. <laughs> so, I mean, I just can't. I don't know. Do you have a reason why you would turn into Dorothy? Yeah, that's why I was asking the question. Like, <laughs> could you think of a reason why? Yeah. Um. Like, it would just be like my luck. It's like, I, I'm an old wizard, and I'm giving you the power to turn into Dorothy Zbornak. Yeah. <laughs> All you got to do is say the word Zborny. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, thanks, I guess. <laughs> and then, as you're doing the podcast, and you talk about... The Zborny, boom, there you are. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you did voice work, you know, like if you're like, I have a lot of range. Yeah. Um, I can do, most of the time it's women who are doing the voices for young boys, but uh-huh. guess what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The ability to turn into a 60-year-old woman is going to come in handy when I audition to be the sheriff in a production of Our Town. <laughs> 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 well, I was thinking more voice work, so unless you're just doing the radio production oh, okay. of our town, I don't think it'll help you. But I don't know. I guess I guess if you wanted to use it to your advantage in a magic show or something like that, <laughs> you'd still be kind of a one trick pony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you only got one trick, but hell it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably use it for a few things. Like it's uh, if you parlay it into like a disappearing out of the box thing. Like, oh, there's the girl again. Oh, there's the guy again. Oh, where'd they keep going? Call you Brent Angel, old freak. (laughs) 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 
What if it's just like <laughs> you gotta, like on the stage, it's just like a shower curtain pulled or some sort of a sheet or something like that, and then it's like the old timey guy chasing the girl around and around. Yeah. <laughs> so I run out as Dorothy, go back, and then I run out as the guy like I'm chasing myself, yeah. and <laughs> just constantly around and around in a circle. Like, I wonder why you're doing all that running <laughs> for the show. Exactly. <laughs> you got to work up that endurance. Exactly. <laughs> but you have no. But you can run around doing this for 26 miles. Exactly. Exactly. And people, are, people close to the stage, are like, what's he saying? Yeah. Is Borny? Is that? <laughs> are you hearing this? <laughs> I just hear a lot of it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I would have to say. I haven't started my recap yet. <laughs> Wouldn't be the best power. I'll agree with that. <laughs> Thank you. But I think your use of it, you know, could make the best of a bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, Ski. You ready to jump in now? I think yeah. so. Written by Jim Vallali. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And directed by Lex Viserys, if I didn't already say. Yeah. So we open the lobby. See Blanche is attempting to juggle registering customers at the front desk and answering uh, service calls uh, while Rose and Dorothy are out searching for Sophia. She tells a person on the phone that uh, one of the maids has run away and two other of our maids have gone to find her. Yeah. I thought that was funny because the whole idea of it almost makes it sound <laughs> like she's an indentured servant. All right. Person. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a Mr. Marshall calls to explain that he's received a dry piece of meatloaf. Uh, she reports it to uh, Roland when he exits the ele- elevator. Roland, in turn, addresses the issue uh, with newly married Chewy as he comes down the stairs into the lobby, which I don't know why he'd be upstairs. I guess maybe he's delivering the meatloaf himself. Uh, He asks him what uh, the number one rule in hotel cooking is. Chewy explains that if something doesn't look right, cover it in parsley. Mm -hmm. Roland tells him, though, that no, 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 no amount of parsley can cover up a dry meatloaf and asks him to explain the, quote, chia pet that he had sent to Mr. Marshall. Chewie admits that he has made a mistake, but uh, Ro- asks Roland to name another time he's made a mistake. Roland immediately reminds him that he just got married to a complete stranger uh, following a, shot of te- a single shot of tequila. Chewie then says, well, give me another one. Yeah. Roland moves on, telling his friend that he needs uh, to focus as uh, this was the third return dish of the day. Uh, he walks behind the desk, and then Chewie opens up a bit and admits that he's not very happy. Uh, but is sure that things will change once he and his new bride, uh, Beverly, have made love for the first time. Right. Upon hearing this, Roland asks if they found another problem uh, they can't, that can't be covered by parsley. Chewie assures him that uh, there is no problem with his personal equipment, hmm. but that Beverly told him uh, that uh, just because they're married, she shouldn't act like a tramp. Chewie says he was uh, upset by this at first. But then considered himself lucky, lucky, lucky. Mm-hmm. It should have been tra- your introduction for Ski. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man who may be married, but he's no tramp. <laughs> uh, Roland grabs his friend then to try and shake some sense into him. He sums up his situation. He is married to a woman he doesn't really know. Uh, that won't sleep with him. And he's about to lose a job he very much needs to uh, pay for a new car that he bought his said wife uh, that he can't afford. Right. He calls him a spotted owl in the force of life, and that God needed to laugh today and chose him. Mm-hmm. Chewie responds, asking if this is uh, what they call tough love. Uh, Roland tells him to just go get back to work. Like, I don't, 
You don't think Roland would really fire Chewie, do you? Like under, I, under the circumstances, no, I definitely don't yeah. think that. I think that Chewie would have to have a long period of doing yeah. shitty work and uh, and not having a personal reason that would have exactly. caused that decline. Exactly. Well, yeah. then, you, earlier on, didn't Roland even blame himself for kind of putting him in that situation? Yeah. So. But, I don't know. Like, I can't... If, if either of you two had, you know, started a business... Mm-hmm. And you decided, like, oh, you know, I have this business. And let's say that it's something that, we won't say it's a real small business, something where you have maybe, you, you get to a point where you get maybe 20 employees, okay, like mm-hmm. a mid-sized business. Yeah. And you hire um, you hire one of us. Let's say you hire me. Okay. And let's say I Now the in. shoe's on the other foot. <laughs> right, exactly. So now you're management and I'm the lowly employee. Exactly. <laughs> um, how much leeway do you think you'd give me as, you know, one of your closest friends as far as my job performance? Or do you think you'd be harder on me because you felt more comfortable to be like, yeah, you're doing a really shitty job uh, with I what think, you're doing here? I mean, I think that I would only hire you for something that I thought you could handle, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you were having a rough patch when you first started, I guess I would just take it up on faith that you could eventually get it down. Okay. I'd be like, oh, you know, Alan can handle this. It's just different than the way he did it previously or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like I would like, okay, well, you're our new sous chef, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though you have no experience in right. that, you know, <laughs> in which case, you know, like, well, that's on me. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I mean, how close to financial ruin would you have to get before you would finally be like, sorry, this just isn't working out. You're going to need to go to find another job. Like, I think I would, like, start nudging you towards the door. Oh, okay. I'd be like, you know, don't tell the other employees, but this ship is sinking quickly. So <laughs> if you can find another opportunity, you should definitely go there. <laughs> you know? And then after you did that, would be like, oh, we turned the ship around. Yeah. <laughs> it was a miracle. Exactly. <laughs> How about you, Ski? Do you think that, uh, would you ever get to the point? Like, you seem like the kind of person that'd be like, well, the ship will just go down with me in it because (laughs) I'm not going to fire my friend. I probably wouldn't want the other people who are working for me to have to suffer for my bad choices, so. You care more about them than me. I see how it is. I was going to say, I'd probably (laughs) rather just give you money if you needed it. <laughs> like, so you just pay me to leave? Just pay him out of your own pocket? Like you're just well, signing like, over your I, paycheck I to him? I couldn't justify letting you suffer or like go without. Mm-hmm. So like, even if like, if I was like, hey, it's just not working out, but I still want to help you out or something. Okay. So you'd let me go, but with a nice severance package. Yeah. With some, at least. So, so like, you're like, oh, I definitely need to give him this money, but you would just let him sit on his button and instead of doing something else around the company? I would think I would probably try to find something else that worked better. Mm-hmm. But like you said earlier, I'd rather, like, I've worked with Alan several times, and so have you've worked with him before, so yeah. we both know he's good at a lot of things. So, I mean, there's a handful of things that I'm sure that he would probably have to have a learning curve, mm-hmm. but I think he's a hard enough worker that he could find way to do almost any job well let's say in this scenario though i mean my talents ability skills whatever i might have it's just that i don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) like i'm there and i'm just like yeah you know my friend owns this company so i can kind of do what i want that's just the way it works (laughs) you're like you're like hey alan welcome to your like somewhat at least like curb my desire to help you (laughs) yeah So, yeah. dude, you're hurting everybody here. Like, I don't care. You own it. What are you going to do? 
Oh, I guess skis. they need to work harder then, don't they? <laughs> like, yeah. You need to hire better employees. Yeah, Ski's like, hey, Alan, welcome to your first day. And Alan's like, my first day of quiet quitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, just so you know, I know it's my first day and all, but I, I do have a couple errands I'm going to need to run. I'm going <laughs> to be late. Yeah. <laughs> late. <laughs> So what's your uh, paternity leave policy? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys have a baby? No, no. Yeah, but I've had three, and I never got paternity leave for exactly. them. <laughs> so I'm going to need at least 18 weeks off, preferably Concurrently. 36. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 36 if you're not a cheap bastard. Uh-huh. So. We're friends, are we? <laughs> yeah. You don't care about my kids? You're the godfather to two of the three. <laughs> Which one did he not make the cut on? Well, we had this idea initially. It's it's our middle one, Joey, which, you know, it's a shame. So we, we initially had the idea that, okay, our friends would be godparents because uh-huh. our siblings yeah. already have a title, like their aunts and uncles or whatever. Yeah. And so we thought, okay, well, our friends will be the godparents. And so the first one, it was uh, Ski and Nicole were the uh-huh. godparents. And then the second one, it was we were going to try to switch it up for each of the uh-huh. three. And the second one was James and, uh, and Sherry's friend, Holly. Uh-huh. And then it's like, but we kind of got to realizing that Ski and Nicole are the only two of our friends that are close to our kids, yeah. you know? And so then once we got around to uh, to Liam, we're like, yeah, you know, we'd rather just have them be the godparents to all three of them because yeah. they're the ones who are the biggest part of their lives. They come to all their birthday yeah. parties and sporting, you know, some of their sporting events and yeah. things like that. And we even looked into like, well, could we possibly switch godparents? And you cannot. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like once you've done it, the only way that we could switch godparents would be if James and Holly died. Gotcha. <laughs> then we could get them a fresh set of godparents. At wow. That point. But yeah, it's. Um, and this is like a church thing, like the Catholic Church is like, nope, no kickbacks. Yeah, exactly. So we consider them to be the godparents for all three. Yeah. Um, but officially, as far as like the baptism goes, it's, you know, uh, James and Holly listen to this. Like religiously, oh, I'm sure they do more religiously <laughs> than they take their affiliation with the Lord. Right? <laughs> How did Lisa feel about her husband being assigned with another girl? Um, I don't think. Well, she didn't say anything about it. I don't think yeah. she necessarily minded because at the time, like we weren't close to Lisa. Um, but there may have been a little twinge, not so much of James being with, you know, another girl in it, but just us not choosing yeah. a couple again. Gotcha. Um, yeah. be- and and you know if. If Nicole and Sherry weren't close, we probably wouldn't have picked, you know, Nicole necessarily. Mm-hmm. But Nicole is also one of our closest friends, mm-hmm. and so it just worked out that way. That uh, Nicole was probably the closest female friend that Sherry had, and Ski was the closest male friend I had at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time. Now, yeah, now once you go to Star Wars with a man, you yeah <laughs> see the whole Disney thing. I fucking I brought it up to you, and you act like you didn't want to go. Yeah, you did not bring it up to me. You're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Ski on an all expenses paid vacation. I did not pay for him. <laughs> He paid for himself, just to be clear. <laughs> there is no in trade. Yeah. In trade. <laughs> You're like, if you want to find your way there, maybe I'll see you around. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't control who does and doesn't go to Disney Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I called it. They said I couldn't prevent them from selling you a ticket. <laughs> I know you got that passport to Florida on your 50th birthday. So. <laughs> that sure is a... Hell of a forgery. <laughs> I yeah. love that one. Yeah. We uh, talked yeah. about that one here before. Yeah, we, we have. But we're going to have to do something now. Like the three of us and then need to go on a trip <laughs> together. It won't bury this, the, 
that <laughs> trip, but at least it could make up for it a little bit. So we should go to the Golden Girls Convention in Chicago. Oh. When and when is the next one? Do you know? Yeah, probably in the spring after all this is wrapped up and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be like celebrities there, though. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, like, why, hello, Ski. Did you see that movie? <laughs> People would be like, ooh, that's Ski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I wonder. We that would be crazy to find out. Like, oh, yeah. It would absolutely be crazy. I think if the three of us walked around with shirts that had the gold, had our logo on it, and then in our, each of our names, we still would not likely get recognized by anybody. <laughs> but maybe if, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe we told people where we were going, so uh-huh. then they'd be on the lookout for us. If oh, they yeah. happen to go, then, yeah. then perhaps. But first ever Sophia's Choice meetup. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be at the Bennigans. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily our our uh, our plans are going to drag on long enough that we. Will <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well into 2026, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I noticed that earlier. You're like, hey, Mario, glad you're still listening to Golden Palace. <laughs> you didn't throw it. It's like, and you got another 37 weeks after that. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking at our format. Don't worry. <laughs> if, if anything, I'll go fewer playoff episodes than more. I promise that. You're like, I'm going to add another six months to this thing. <laughs> Well, you know, we've been on, we've been uh, definitely made no uh, plans as far as a second podcast after mm-hmm. this one. So it may just be that I need to keep this one going as long as possible. <laughs> we really weren't sure about that last. Right. <laughs> the, the, mm-hmm. yeah, me and Brent were like, no, we. I, I thought the math was clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, let's just revisit. Yeah. This time we're gonna round down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so you can continue on. All right. So Still we, in the first paragraph. We are. It's a long paragraph, though. So Chewie, asked, you know, Chewie was asking if he's showing tough love. Yeah. Yes, tough love and circumcision. Mm-hmm. That's the toughest of love. <laughs> truly is. And he dismisses him, kind of says, get back to work. Uh, just then, Dorothy uh, enters from the front of the hotel, and Blanche rushes over to her, asking if she's found Sophia. Dorothy answers that she has uh, had no luck, and even uh, though she checked all of Sophia's normal mall hangouts, including the geriatric shoe store, Shimshack. still kicking. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that one up, because yeah. you know, there's two different shoe stores she likes. Yeah. Uh, Roland asks uh, if she's Sometimes already... Sometimes a girl wants orthopedic shoes. Sometimes yep. a girl Sometimes. wants to feel like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roland asks if she's already contacted the police. Uh, Dorothy tells him that, yes, she has but was told not to expect too much uh, since her uh, description matches half of the women in Miami and a fourth of the men. Mm-hmm. Dorothy laments that they'll never be able to find her. Uh, Blanche tries to console her, though, saying that Rose hasn't checked in yet and that she's, quote, a good little detective. Right. Uh, right on cue, Rose enters, throwing her hands down and announces that Sophia wasn't at Kittyland. Mm-hmm. Dorothy asks what she'd uh, have been doing there. And Rose tells her that, oh, I usually ride the little boats. Right. Dorothy follows up asking her friend if she won any prizes today. Smiling, Rose tells her that she won a plastic monkey, uh, but then quickly realizes that Dorothy is poking fun at her. Excuse me. uh, Blanche pulls them back together, saying that they shouldn't be mean to each other, as that won't solve anything. Dorothy, however, snaps back that there wouldn't be anything to solve if they simply agreed for uh, Sophia to go home with her. 
Blanche asks, though, that how, how is this her fault? And Dorothy replies, ever since she started forcing my mother to do hard labor. Mm-hmm. Blanche retorts that uh, if she <coughs> were the lady, she'd deck her. And this is a common phrase, which is derived from the act of hitting someone so hard they hit the ground for the deck of mm-hmm. a ship. Do you have something? Oh, maybe you're about to mention the line here, because I'm just one step ahead. Unafraid of this threat, though, Dorothy says that if Blanche had tried, she'd be on her back so fast she'd think she was on a date. Yeah, that was a really (laughs) solid comeback. (laughs) Uh, This time, Rose brings up uh, the group back together and tells them that the girls need to stop it, that they need to just think about where she might go when she's depressed. Dorothy asks if she'd check the cemetery, (laughs) but Rose explains that it's only been a few hours, it takes longer than that to dig a grave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know. Uh, it depends on how you're doing it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you have like a backhoe or something like that, you can get it done pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, you're buried a lot more bodies oh, than these. Oh, yeah, so, so many. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on a um, Hitchcock kick lately, and like I've always you know, held the trouble with Harry in high regards, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that's my favorite Hitchcock movie of okay. all time. Very so, nice. But there's a scene in there where they're burying and unburying and reburying a body <laughs> like four times. I, yeah. I have never heard of that movie. Oh, it's so amazingly good. What's it called? The Trouble with Harry. One of my favorite uh, comedic bits that Norm MacDonald has done, uh-huh. or did, I yeah. should say, was when he was talking about if he killed somebody. Uh-huh. And, and he goes through this whole process of like <laughs> how he would lure somebody into his car with a cheese sandwich and yeah. <laughs> whatnot. And, um, and like his main thing is like after he killed the person, he would take him and bury him in a very, very, very deep grave because you know you always find out they find the body in a shallow grave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's one. Just I'm lazy murderers is all that is. But yeah, my, my favorite part, like I said, I love the bit overall. But he's talking about that he you know does some recon, finds out this person who he wants to murder likes cheese sandwiches, and then he's like, <laughs> oh, I got. A whole bunch of cheese sandwiches over in the van there if you want to come. <laughs> just jam full of cheese sandwiches or whatever. It's just the idea of using a cheese sandwich to lure someone to their yeah. death. Yeah. How do you feel about cheese sandwiches? I mean, I haven't had a cheese sandwich in a long time. I mean, I like yeah. a grilled cheese, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I like grilled cheese, too. Yeah. Um, and a cheese sandwich is essentially just that without grilling it. Yeah, it's a, it's a grilled cheese tartare. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, too, you might put some mayonnaise on it or something like that. Oh, yeah, I guess you could probably. Butter or something. Yeah. I think grilling it does change it very dramatically. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's I much like more it. appetizing at that point than just, like, oh, bread and cheese. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't tell you guys we went to Graceland, did we? No. No, you didn't. Okay. Yeah, I went to Graceland. Um, That's like, a, was that your first time there, or you've been there before? I went there when I was a little kid. Oh, okay. um, That was my first time as an adult. Where did you guys go? Uh, Memorial or Labor Day weekend. Oh, okay. So it was recently. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. Yes, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but what reminded me of that is so, like in one of the little restaurants there, they sell um, like the grilled peanut butter and oh, banana okay. sandwiches mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but they like it costs the same no matter which way you go. Okay. But basically, you get to choose whether your grilled peanut butter and banana sandwich is cooked with butter. Or bacon grease. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, Casty got one, and we definitely steered her towards butter. <laughs> How did Elvis eat it? I think with bacon grease, and that's why it was like, I think it was called like the Elvis version, and the other one was called like the Gladys oh, yeah, version yeah. or whatever, oh, okay. something like that. So, so did you try it at all? <clears throat> no, I did oh, not. Okay. Uh, what did I get? 
I, I think I got I think I just got a beer. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't get any food because I was still full from the previous meal. Okay. I don't know. I feel like you missed an opportunity there, though. You should have gotten the Elvis version of it just to feel like you can walk in the king's shoes. Yeah. I, <laughs> <guess>. <laughs> I heard they were blue suede. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But. It was a lot of fun. Um, definitely glad we went and everything. So, uh, um, Cassidy loved it and everything. She's a big Elvis fan. Oh, so. that's awesome. It was nice. Does um, she have a favorite Elvis song? Um, yes, <laughs> she likes Suspicious Minds. Oh, okay. That's her favorite. Um, the proper response would be, oh, so. Um, but Viva Las Vegas is her favorite Elvis movie. Oh, okay. So, so she likes that song as well, the title song. Do you have you two been carrying on with Suspicious Minds for a long time? What do you mean? You and Cassidy, have you had a, you know, like you can't go on together with Suspicious Minds? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, like, it worked out. So, like, Labor Day weekend, the Elvis radio station on Sirius XM, they were counting down, like, the top 100 Elvis songs oh, okay. as voted by listeners or whatever. And I don't know, man. There are a lot of fuddy-duddies voting on that thing because <laughs> there was a lot of nonsense in that top 100. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of good songs as well, obviously, but... Also, it's like, Jesus Christ, these 90-year-old people shouldn't be allowed to vote for radio <laughs> contests. <laughs> Only for president. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it? Do you have an example of one that you think is a crappy Elvis song that got onto the top 100? Oh, like, just, I, I have nothing against, you know, his gospel recordings oh, or whatever. That, though, on it was, yeah. And, and it was one of those things, it's like, I mean, that's why the good Lord gave us, you know, the bottom 20. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for paragraph two now? Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're close, though. So, yeah, she says it would take longer than just a few hours to dig a grave. Uh, Dorothy asks if the newspaper that Rose is holding is from today, and if she's read it, Rose replies yes. And in classic fashion, Dorothy snatches the paper and wraps Rose across the head before then entering, exiting the front of the hotel. Right. Chain scene. <laughs> it was nice to see a little callback. Yeah, yeah. indeed. I'm sure Rose We got quite a it. few in this episode, that and the cheesecake and all that. Well, that one was last episode, but in this appearance, I should say. I want to say they do this one, too. Uh, Rose and Blanche enter the kitchen through the rear door. Rose asks Chewie if he's heard anything, any news about Sophia. Blanche stops him from putting the cheesecake away and uh, takes it and places it on the table. Chewie says that he will join them. Blanche then comments loudly that she's very upset that Dorothy accused them of working Sophia too hard. She continues saying that uh, she thinks Dorothy is, quote, full of beans, which <laughs> doesn't seem like a real harsh comment to me, but either way, she says she's not even afraid to say it to her face. Of course, Dorothy then enters the kitchen and asks what it is she'd be saying to her face. Blanche kind of lowers her voice registry and says, I think you look good in jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which does rhyme. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy tells Blanche that she's all talk and no action, action, just like her sex life. Yeah. Offended by this, Blanche asks, are you saying I'm not a tramp? Yeah, oh, that was funny. Uh, she follows up with uh, asking why people call her, or why she thinks people call her the female Ted Kennedy. <laughs> uh, always ready with the retort, Dorothy replies, because you look like him. That was when I thought about calling one of you two as the female <laughs> Ted Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of her meaner yeah. comebacks. Uh, she then tells him that she's going to find her mother. Rose invites her to go ahead and sit for a moment and get some cheesecake with them, uh, just because she says they've been going around in circles. 
Dorothy rudely and loudly snaps back that she doesn't want cake, that she wants her mother, and asks if they are too thick to understand that. Rose, however, assertively stands and confronts her friends, saying, that's enough. Yeah. She then expands, saying that ever since Sophia left, she's been horrible to all of them, and she needs to cut it out. Dorothy antagonizes her then by saying, or what? Uh, Rose responds by taking that newspaper from earlier, I'm assuming the same one, Yeah. and smacking Dorothy across the head. Stunned for a moment, Dorothy looks to the side to consider what just transpired. Blanche and Chewie both look on in shock, but Rose remains uh, maintains her serious stare at Dorothy. Chewie then exits in concern for what may happen next. Dorothy calmly states to Rose, you hit me. Rose tells her sorry, but that she deserved it. Dorothy's tough outer shell starts to crack, and she begins to cry, asking why she hit her. Blanche also holds back tears, saying that she feels like hitting her too. Now all of their upsetness and insecurities start to spill out. Blanche and Rose are sad that uh, Dorothy left and broke up their little family. Dorothy is, how, however, hurt that they sold the house only two months after she moved out and then bought this hotel. She says she felt like they didn't even need her anymore. Mm-hmm. Blanche te- te- tearfully tells her that they just didn't want to bother her. Right. She says that uh, they couldn't, uh, or yeah, say they didn't want to bother her, and uh, they're her, te- or sorry, she says they didn't want to bother her, but Dorothy says back that they couldn't bother her because they're her two best friends. Right. They join in in a group hug, but Dorothy pulls back, holding Rose by the back of the neck. She tells her friend that if she hits her again, she won't live long enough to hear her say ow. Rose just replies that she's really missed her, and they resume their group hug. Meanwhile, in the lobby, a man walks into the hotel and tells, uh, tells Chewie he's looking for Chewie Castillos. Mm-hmm. Chewie explains that that's, yeah, he's found him. That's him. The man seems incredulous and says that uh, he looks like one of the Super Mario brothers. Yeah. Uh, we are told that the man is named Ramon, uh, who is apparently Beverly's love interest in, the la- in all of life since they were both 14 and all through high school. Chewie says that you know he has apparently skipped all that and just married her after a shot of tequila. Ramon congratulates him, saying that you know his new wife is a wonderful and beautiful woman. He shakes Chewie's hand and then quickly pulls him in, saying that if he hurts her, he will kill him. Yeah, Chewie's Chewie. wife definitely has a type. Yeah, <laughs> and can I just say like, not that Chewie's wife was like a you know one of the great beauties of the world or anything. <laughs> she was a good looker. She yeah. traded down on both of those guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I mean, if a fourth of them in a Miami look like Sophia, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like options Chewy, are scant. Exactly, we may consider you know Chewy and Ramon to be you know fives, but right. that's like a Miami seven. <laughs> Everybody knows that Miami has got a reputation for being full of uggos. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't until Will Smith turned things around. Um, welcome to Miami, and Benito Amiami or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know that song? No. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know the new musics. <laughs> the new musics. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something that you don't listen to the music of violent men. <laughs> what was that? So he quickly. Want to see a picture of me at Graceland? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so she. Oh, very nice. So I'm wearing my. Um, I like it. Official uh, Elvis Presley. Uh, Hawaii. Blue, yeah, Blue Hawaii reproduction shirt. Um, 
and I was really, yeah, I just loved that shirt or whatever, and I thought it was appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, my sister saw, and we were supposed to meet up with my sister afterwards because a friend of hers was having um, this art gallery opening thing. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and, like, and then she saw a picture of me in that shirt, and she was freaking furious. She was like, you have to go home and change. You can't be seen out in public <laughs> in that shirt. And I was like, that shirt lets people know that I am the life of the party. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I did, we did have going back to the hotel, and um, I changed and everything, but it was mainly just because, you know, it was 108 there in Memphis, and yeah. I was sweating through that blue Hawaii shirt <laughs> or whatever. That, I just like to think that your sister is like, you don't look like a big, fat party animal to me. Exactly. <laughs> so, I'd like to point out one thing, okay? Um, I have mine just slung around my shoulder, but Casty, um, they gave us iPads oh, okay. for the tour. And you can go through and okay, like, yeah. like guide tour. Exactly, yeah. Instead of tour guides, and so like, as you go to room to room, you like push the button so the screen matches the room, mm -hmm. and then like you're like, oh, what's the story on that end table? You can push on the end table, and you'll hear the history of it or whatever. You know, oh, this is where that ashtray came from. Um, but the I didn't go through that or deal with any of that. But I did go through it long enough to know that the uh, narrator for the uh, guided tour there, is uh, Mr. John Stamos. Oh, very nice. <laughs> that is cool. And um, Cassidy's a huge Full House fan. Ah. So she was like, they spared no expense. Even with I was going to say that like exact Becky. thing. <laughs> what did you say, Al? I said even with a criminal like Aunt Becky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he quickly uh, oh, says he'll kill him if he hurts her, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Chewie tells him that she'll be right down and he should just talk to her. Uh, but he quickly exits saying that he doesn't want to interfere with her life. Although I would say threatening her new husband seems like interference. Yeah, I would say so. It's passive interference. Yeah. Uh, before he leaves, though, he says that uh, he's not sure why she chose him. But to recap, congrats, kill. Yeah. <laughs> he does a little like, finger point gun. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we would have like, been a little bit more subtle about it. It's like, oh, nice hotel you got here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Probably a little more humorous, I think. Yeah. Uh, the girls now enter in the lobby and can see that Chewie is upset. Uh, they ask if he's just ended things with Beverly. He says no, but asks Rose to hold him. As she comforts him, Dorothy asks uh, when Rose became, quote, the strong one. Mm -hmm. With a perplexed look, Blanche says she doesn't know. At that time, Jack Black, I mean, another taxi driver, <laughs> enters the hotel. famous taxi driver. Correct. <laughs> enters the hotel holding Sophia's purse. And asking for the manager. No Kenton's Bornack, I'll tell you that much. Correct. <laughs> he explains that Jack the woman... Black, the poor man's Kenton's Bornack. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that rhymes. Uh, oh, Jack yeah. Black and, and Bornack, Bornack. Yeah. yeah. He explains that the woman left it in his cab earlier that day, having picked her up from Golden Palace and dropping her off at one Shady, Shady Pines. Pines. Mm. Uh, we change scene. Now, the group considers the implications... Uh, same location, just, you know, like commercial break. Yeah. So what do you think of a uh, young Jack Black? Well, number one, I was shocked. Like, that uh -huh. was pretty cool to see someone who has turned into a pretty huge celebrity. Uh -huh. um, I recognized his, his voice immediately. Very yes. early. Well, I, mean, I recognized his face, yeah. um, but yeah. uh, that was pretty cool. I thought he did a solid job in his yeah. little role there. Yeah, um, I did too. So, But, yeah, it was pretty cool because it's, you know, we got a similar thing with George Clooney, but George Clooney was more well-known by the time he was on that. He had done yeah. his time on... You know, uh, facts, facts of life, life and yeah. all that. But Jack yeah. Black, this was really early in his yeah. his so, career. Surprised that I looked it up. I thought maybe this could be his first credit. Mm -hmm. He was actually doing bits uh, ten years prior to this. In '82 is when he started. Yeah. But they were all like one-offs. 
Well, and they were small, unknown things, yeah. too. I think yeah. he had one reoccurring role before this hit. See, I feel like when I looked at him up, he only had four or five things before this. And, like, there was, like, a short and a TV movie. and like, Yeah, the, that, the TV movie might be what I'm talking about. But, yeah, it wasn't much. It, it, he was definitely an unknown by the, when he was on this. So, But, yeah, I thought he did a solid job. And, uh, yeah, yeah that was, it was a cool, unexpected appearance. Correct. Yeah, same. Uh, the group considers the implications of uh, her being at Shading Pines. Roland says that he thought it burned down. Blaine says, well, they must have rebuilt it. But surely it can't be as bad as Sophia always claimed. Can it, Dorothy? <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy kind of stammers for a moment. Uh, Rose asks about uh, coin-operated walkers. Yeah. <laughs> Blanche asks about ice cream cones to the top ten orange pickers of the day. Yeah. And I think Dorothy says, like, no, all the people up on a ladder got, yeah. got on Everyone in the trees gets <laughs> yeah. ice cream. Yeah, she says that those were all lies and added that anyone in the, in the trees got ice cream. Yeah. Roland says that uh, he's got Shady Pines on the phone, and Dorothy's surprised to learn that they now have a phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roland asks the, the staff member if he can speak with Sophia, who would uh, have checked in earlier that day. Uh, he announces back to the group that she is busy right now with exercise period. Dorothy breaks down, telling them that that's code for picking up trash on the interstate. <laughs> Rose and Blanche have a horrified look on their face. Finally, Dorothy gets her mother on the phone and is worried that uh, she sounds out of breath. Mm-hmm. Sophia reminds her daughter that the rule, if you don't work, you don't eat. Right. Uh, Dorothy tells her that uh, they're coming to get her, but Sophia explains that she'd rather spend her last days there than have the girls fight over her. Uh, and uh, reiterates, or she reiterates that she is not to, they should not come get her. It's too late now. And then she hangs up. Yeah. And then the camera is kind of split screen at this point, but then it goes all towards Sophia. And we see uh, her talking to an orderly who's dressed in white. And she asks him if it's too late to get her a massage. Right. So the too late is too late, too late. And it kind of parlays into that. Uh, he tells her that not if you hurry. She then walks off with him arm in arm. I think she asks, Hot oil, right? And he yeah. says yes. Uh, meanwhile, Dorothy is freaking out that uh, they have to get there quickly, and she's probably stuck cleaning shellfish, which they'd probably try to pass off as arts and crafts. Mm. Uh, we then change scene again. We see uh, the girls arriving at Shady, Shady Pines and walk into what looks like a wet, lavish, well-decorated common area. They're blown away by how nice it looks, but Dorothy believes it's a cover. She thinks that the patrons are all out back sweating away in a fluff and fold operation. A fluff and fold totally sounds like some sort of a sex operation, doesn't it? It really it? does. <laughs> I, I had to double check to make sure it was what it sounded like. It's a uh, phrase refers to a laundry service. In this case, would be abusing the elderly for free labor. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it'd be easier to fold it if you don't fluff it. Yeah, I would say so. Or <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a little too rigid. Exactly. <laughs> so, so press and fold? <laughs> <laughs> A uh, smiling lady named Meredith sitting at a reception desk addresses Dorothy asking how she can help her. Dorothy snaps at her, though, asking what she's done with her mother and calls her a Nazi. Yeah, that's kind of funny. I don't know if that would fly today, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, Meredith is putting up with none of this. Yeah. And immediately calls security. They're instantly down the stairs, and they tell them to remove the, quote, smart-looking one. One of them uh, grabs Dorothy by the arm and asks uh, her to lay on the floor and put her hands behind her back. Which seems excessive, right? Yeah. And maybe illegal based on this situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she asks what uh, kept them out of regular police, manners, or motor skills. Rose, though, jumps in and tells them to remove their hands from her friend. 
and Dorothy, with a confused and broken look, asks Rose, when did you become so strong? Yeah. Uh, with an equally confused look, Rose tells her she doesn't know. A, uh, a, moment la- <clears throat> me, a moment later, Sophia comes into the lobby wearing a plush pink robe and asking about her great workout, but then tries to quickly pivot and, uh, when she sees Dorothy trying to make it sound like she's been back picking organ- oranges. <laughs> picking organs? Harvesting <laughs> 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 off those who have died. Picking oranges. <laughs> The security team tells Sophia that uh, she is claiming to be her daughter and asks her to confirm this. Uh, they explain that if she isn't, they'll call the police and have her jailed for trespassing. Again, not sure if that's accurate. Yeah. They'll probably just remove her from the ground. I right? would think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, nonetheless, Sophia opts for the jailing choice. Mm-hmm. Dorothy immediately pleads, Ma! Her mother relents, though, and admits that, yeah, it's her kid, and then kind of shoos away the crowd they had just formed. Yeah. The girls ask what she's been doing and uh, tell her how worried they've all been. Uh, Rose adds that she even hit Dorothy. Sophia dismisses this, though, saying, don't lie. Rose reasserts this, and Blanche confirms it. Sophia then turns to Rose with a solemn look on her face, takes Rose's hand, looks her in the eyes, saying, you shall lead us now. That was maybe my favorite line that, of the yeah, episode. That was, that was by far my favorite, yes. Same. Uh, they tell Sophia that they need to talk. But she tells them that uh, they only have five minutes before her tennis lesson. Dorothy says that, that she can't stay there, but Sophia asserts that she must. That way they can all be mad at her, but it won't ruin their friendship. Right. Dorothy assures her that uh, they won't ruin their friendship, or she won't ruin their friendship, and uh, she just wanted to come home uh, and live with her. Blanche and Rose confirm that they just want her happiness, and whatever she decides is fine with them. Yep. Which, to me, that doesn't sound confrontational, but... Sophia then says that they're still forcing her to make a decision that she can't make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, ultimately she does make the decision. Right, so, yeah. Uh, she says she'll just plan to go, uh, she just has to plan to go alone. Dorothy how, asks how uh, she plans to pay for living at Shady Pines. Sophia responds uh, that uh, she has planned to use what she likes to call your money. Yeah. Talking to Dorothy. <laughs> now, in fairness, you know, with uh, Lucas's, you know, successfulness, yeah, yeah, yeah. they probably. You guys could remember what he did for a living? I think yeah. he runs hardware stores. or yeah, something. Yeah, he owns a chain of hardware stores. So yeah, he said that even when he introduced himself that he's got cash, right? Yeah, yeah. Dorothy dismisses this option. Uh, Sophia then turns to Rose and Blanche, telling that she'll need to withdraw the money she put in the hotel. Blanche informs her that the only physical contribution she made was a candy dish to the lobby. Yeah. Sophia generously tells them that they can keep it. Dorothy tells her mother, though, that uh, um, despite the new and seemingly more hospitable conditions at the Pines, they still can't care for her (laughs) the way that she could. While she speaks, uh, she is offered sushi by a hunky staff member, and Meredith even calls her Ma. Yeah. All kind of going against what Dorothy's trying to say. Right. Dorothy adds, though, that she'll be sad, still stifled at, at this place, but at home she would have more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, being now done again, the intercom announces that the circus night has started in five minutes, <laughs> which it seems that Sophia will have to choose between tennis and the circus, right? Yep, exactly. Sophia asks if they uh, can just talk later, but Dorothy insists that they, she leave with them and go back to the hotel so they can all talk. Dorothy says that she'll go uh, pay the bill now. Meanwhile, Sophia asks Rose if she could stand to do- her daughter again. I think Rose even says, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dorothy loudly explains or exclaims, 
$1,200, yeah. throws Pat Sophia's hand and says that she's on her own before heading <laughs> towards the door. Uh, we change scene again. Back at the hotel now, Beverly is eating alone in the dining room, which looks kind of odd. Yeah. Uh, but Chewie came in shortly after and asked how everything was. was and she tells him that the uh, meatloaf is a bit dry as she kind of folds her napkin and lays on the table. Mm. He tells her that he wants a divorce. She gives him a side eye saying that he is very bad at taking criticism. Yeah, oh, that was pretty funny. That was her best contribution to the, yeah. to the two-part episode. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Chewie apologizes for being so direct, but admits that he doesn't think he loves her. Uh, she is confused, saying that only an hour ago she, he had told her that he wants to make her the, quote, happiest girl in the world. But Chewie explains that it was only because Ramon showed up and threatened to kill him if he hurt her. Upon hearing this, Beverly is extremely happy to hear that he came for her and that he loves her. Yep. She yep. tells Chewie that uh, she owes him an apology, and she stays their marriage to make Ramon jealous. Chewie tells her that he's happy for them, but confirms that they can still get a divorce, right? She tells him, though, that it won't be necessary, as they never actually got married. Since he was drunk, she only uh, had a men's room attendant stand in as a priest. This uh, explains to Chewie why he'd seen a jar full of combs on the, quote, altar. How did she end up in the men's room? To begin I don't with, know. to find this attendant. <laughs> I don't know, but hopefully she has an excuse that he didn't actually buy a car. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Beverly blows him a kiss and says that uh, she will never forget him. Chewy Castellanzanos or yeah. whatever. Castellanzos. Okay. As uh, she leaves, though, he corrects her that it's Castillos. Mm. Uh, Dorothy exits the elevator into the lobby carrying her bags. She walks up to Sophia saying that her plane leaves in a half hour and she has two tickets, which, side note, I think even pre-9-11, a half hour uh, seems like a close call to say your goodbyes, drive to the airport, register, and find the gate before takeoff. Yeah. You can make it to the airport a lot quicker if you don't stop to sell oranges. <laughs> probably, probably, but she doesn't know, right? Right. That's true. That's really the you know, luck of the draw with the taxis, right? <laughs> is she getting... Uh, Jack Black or is she getting Kent Bornack? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> do you want it quick or do you want it... <laughs> uh, she asks for her mother's decision. Sophia offers her a joke, but to uh, Dorothy's disdain. Knock, knock. Who's there? I'm a... I'm a who... I'm not going home with you. Yeah. <laughs> While Dorothy doesn't seem to be amused, Sophia is laughing for the both of them. After a short chuckle, though, she gets serious and explains to her daughter that her choice is not because of her, but about herself. She tells her that when she was at Shady Pines, they waited on her and it made her feel old. It would be likely similar when she lived with Dorothy. Uh, she tells her that she needs to stay busy and loves that her daughter wants her to be with her so much. She vows that when she is ready to slow down, She'll come live with her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Sophia's on board with Dorothy being her slave, provided Dorothy's five. Right. And now that. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells her that she loves her pussycat. Uh, <laughs> oh, she calls awkward. her. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. Because he, he said he, she loves her. I mean. <laughs> yeah. That was real awkward. It really was. Made me pine for the days when you're just reading end of the road lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> so long ago. And wistfully reminiscing about the looks of your daughter's friends pre-meth. <laughs> oh, she never talked. 
Dorothy returns the sentiment, saying, saying that she loves her too, and they hug. Uh, Rose and Blanche come down the stairs and uh, tell Dorothy that they don't want her to leave with bad blood, blood, bad blood between them. She explains to them both that in her discussion with Ma, it really is best if she stays there to help run the hotel. She tells them that uh, she originally thought the hotel idea would fail because Blanche would lose interest, Rose would go off and marry Miles, and that did not turn out as we planned. Yeah, rubbing salt in the wound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like, Ma, if you would have been around the last four months, you would have learned a couple things happened. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Old Arnie ain't the upright angel you thought he was. Right. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 Amish would shun him for that. Uh-huh. And then she thought that Ma would come live with her and Lucas. She continues that she had forgot how special they all are and apologizes for her lack of faith in all of them. She says that she's very proud of all of them, and Blanche tells her how much that means to them. Uh, Rose agrees. Uh, they then give Dorothy a small gift. <laughs> Dorothy, oh, what? like, we all aspire to be as successful as you, substitute teacher. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she married rich. Yeah, fair enough. Which she married exactly. He didn't become rich until he was no longer saddled with her. <laughs> Uh, they give oh, Dor- she married Rich a second time. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. They uh, then give Dorothy a small gift. Dorothy opens it up, and it's a lifetime pass to the Gold Palace mm-hmm. uh, with the message on the back. Uh, this card entitles Dorothy's born at Hollingsworth to stay in any room at the Golden Palace and eat cheesecake, tell dirty jokes, and have at least two friends who will listen to her cry, complain, and laugh for the rest of her life. Blackout date supply. Yeah. <laughs> right? Apparently. I mean, they were kind of fighting over who she was going to stay yeah, with, right? exactly. <laughs> you would think that the palace at this point, as often as they sell out, would maybe be successful enough for them to get an apartment. <laughs> exactly. It's like we can add 20% to our occupancy if we just move. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah right? There's a bunch of them. Yeah. At the end, her voice is audibly cracking, holding back emotions. She thanks them. Sophia taps her arm and says that she got her something, too. She reaches down and hands her daughter the aforementioned candy dish. Mm-hmm. Also with an inscribed message. To Ma, love Dorothy. Yeah, that was solid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Defeated, Sophia takes it back and places it back down. Breaking the moment, uh, Roland calls to Blanche that they are getting behind, the front, getting behind at the front desk. She gives a quick goodbye to Dorothy and walks, walks off. Likewise, Rose realizes a flower delivery has just arrived. Mm-hmm. She gives her a goodbye and walks off to take care of business. Lastly, Chewie walks out of the kitchen and calls for Sophia to come help with the menu. Mm-hmm. Convenient that this all happens at the mm-hmm. same time, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she looks up at her uh, at her daughter and says, they're going to work me to death, you know. And she's like, Ma! And then she says, just a little guilt for the road. Goodbye, pussycat. She pats her hand and heads over to Chewie. Dorothy looks on and says uh, her goodbye as well. She walks up to the front entry and looks over at her family, all keeping busy with their various works, and then she exits. And that's it. And yep. We have a post-credit scene. Uh, we see Blanche in a long beige trench coat entering Shady Pines. She approaches, she approaches the check-in desk and tells Miss Meredith that she has an appointment for a hot oil massage. Mm-hmm. She is pointing in the right direction and is taken to the back by an orderly. Uh, the same one as before, I think, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, moments later, Rose enters in a seemingly identical trench coat. She also walks up to the desk but asks for the circus. 
Meredith went in the opposite direction, and then we close. You got to keep them separated. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had an annoying amount of guest actors in that episode. As <laughs> <laughs> was the there's a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Well, luckily, there's a couple, uh, you know, duplicates. Um, B. Arthur, of course, as Dorothy Hollinsworth mm-hmm. for her second time. And uh, Bertilla <laughs> Damos or Damas. Damas. Did you guys that? remember that uh, commercial from a while back? Like, it was like a... What was it advertising? Uh, I can't honestly remember. It was... Ta- it was ta- You're going to have to be more specific then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm getting there. It was, it was something to the effect of... Uh, <laughs> you know the one with the exactly. guy between the act breaks. Yeah. You saw it. <laughs> they were trying to sell a product or a service. Exactly. <laughs> but it was a, a guy talk like trying to interview for uh, um, hi, being hired on at a uh, law firm or something. It's like I think I do really well at dumbass and dumbass. Ah, uh, yeah, I think. I remember and he's that. like, it's pronounced Dumas. Uh. <laughs> And uh, the the message was to be prepared or something. I forget uh, what it was. Were they selling like certs or Mentos or something? I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember how it ties into an actual product or service, okay. but I remember the advertisement. <laughs> okay. I That's remember the funny the part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Bertilla Damas or Dumbass uh-huh. did Beverly for the second time. It's pronounced Dumas. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dumbass. Um. So, <laughs> you see, um, like the uh, Danny Masterson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I saw the thing, like, um, you know, the Ashton and the Mila Gunas, whatever. But, uh, oh, Kitty and Red. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they'd also wrote little letters. And yeah. I was like, who's the dumbass now, Red? It really was a thing where I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know how I would do if I was in a situation where, like, you two, you know, obviously two very important mm-hmm. friends to me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, they're in the public eye versus being in the private eye, and all these people are. Yeah. But there's that part where I'm like, if you got convicted of a violent, horrible crime uh-huh. such as that, uh-huh. would I really feel like our friendship is is important enough to me that I need to write a letter vouching for your? Well, you had he been person? had he been convicted when they wrote the letters? Yeah, this was these were letters to <laughs> for the sentencing. Yeah. Oh, okay. To try to advocate for him having a lesser sentence, and yeah. they were all very carefully worded, um, but still, uh-huh. like, who would send a letter of support? Like, yeah. Under the at circumstances, that point, you'd feel like you didn't help the person. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I got buffaloed. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? I mean, do the people send like character witnesses or character statements? For Cosby after he got found out, I wouldn't doubt it. But um, but if they did, they weren't fairly famous people like the ones <laughs> who did for uh, for this guy. Um, did you have any more to add to that? No, no. You just or you guys were saying dumbass, and I was, yeah, that reminded remind you of Red. Red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then that reminded me that he's been sullied. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we also had a Carol Lifer. Uh, she played, I like her. Yeah, she played Meredith. 156 titles for her, but only 24 of those as an actor. Um, mm-hmm. This is her only golden appearance. She was on 21 episodes of All Right Already mm-hmm. um, and three episodes of Seinfeld, but she did a lot of writing on Seinfeld as yeah. well. I think like 40 episodes. Yeah, she was um, the real-life inspiration for um, Elaine. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's she was really Seinfeld's cool. buddy. And, like, she was Elaine in real life. Hmm. Very cool. And we also had a Miguel Sandoval. He played Ramon. I like him. 194 titles for him. He had a four episodes recently on Barry. Um, did you by chance watch Sharp Objects? Mm-hmm. It's an Amy Adams um, 
miniseries. I think it was on HBO or something. Yeah, but it I've was, heard of it, but I've not seen it. Well, he played in all the episodes of that. He was. Re- I mean, I don't remember I him see that specifically. Type roles. Yeah. But he was in the first season of uh, Dirk Gently, and that's both seasons of that were amazing. Oh, okay. But he he was really good in his episodes. Well, he had 130 episodes of Medium. I, I would say I never watched Medium, but I'd have to assume that'd be what he's. Is that the one with the Arquette lady? I think so. Yeah, and then um, he was in a a movie that I think may be the worst named mainstream movie that I ever have known of, but uh, Ballistics X versus Sever. Oh yeah, <laughs> that I, he, I just when I saw it, I was like that because I do remember that coming out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But like Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he was also in Jurassic Park and Howard the Duck, a couple episodes of Seinfeld himself. But I think all of us sort of remember him most as uh, the, uh, what was he called? Dirk um, Gently. What's that? Dirk Gently. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think we all remember him most as, Gilber- as Gilberto on a sports theater with Shaquille O'Neal. Mm. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Who hosted that one? Um, I would assume Shaquille O'Neal. Gotcha. <laughs> but he could have just the been a third featured male actor. lead from yeah. Blue Chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then there was a, <laughs> the name that uh, this is actually Ski's birth name. Oh uh, yeah, Furley Lumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Furley Lumpkin. Yeah, it's his porn name. Yeah, <laughs> but he played the security guard. Uh, Fourteen titles for him and his only golden appearance. Uh, we also had um, like, do you think a security guard at Shady Pines is to keep people out or to keep people in? <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> well, the new Shady Pines perhaps yeah. to keep them out, but. Um, then we had, uh, I think it was Matt Kubar, um, something like that. He was Brick. I, I think that was the masseuse. Yeah, um, but 230 titles for him, his only golden appearance. Most of his stuff, though, was as a stuntman. He, he did have 67 things as an actor, and it's always kind of in the same type of role. Like, he had an episode of The Mandalorian as a bodyguard, mm-hmm. one in uh, Veronica Mars, Westworld. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in House of Lies uh, with... Uh, Kevin Spacey? Well, it's Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Oh, Don Cheadle. Um, he, play, he was in Iron Man 3. He was gotcha. in Iron Man 2. So him and Don Cheadle have passed across quite yeah, a bit. Quite yeah, quite a few times. Well, I mean, Don uh, Cheadle wasn't in Iron Man 1, was he? No. No, no, because uh, not uh, Terrence, Terrence Howard, Howard didn't think he was worth too much at that point. Correct. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and then finally, of course, uh, Jack Black fan, the taxi driver. <laughs> 670 titles for Jack Black to 186 of those as an actor. Mm-hmm. His only golden appearance. Um, of course, you know, probably... I don't know if he was a best known, but most prolifically as part of Tenacious D. Yeah. Um, And then... uh, He was just in town last weekend. Oh, was he? Really? The act was in town? Tenacious Tenacious D, D. yeah. Uh, They were at the All-In Festival on Saturday night. That would have been awesome to see Mm -hmm. that. But yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those actors. I don't know if I really need to go over his stuff because he's such a big one. But, you know, of course, he was Poe for all the Kung Fu Fu Panda movies. And he was Bowser in the recent Super Mario Brothers. And then uh, Jumanji, Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, Nacho Libra mm-hmm. uh, or Libre I think yeah. he was in one episode of The Simpsons I always like to mention that yeah. um, season 9 is a good episode uh, season 19 episode 7 I think it was Husbands and Knives yeah and then he was in uh, Anchorman one of my favorite scenes in Anchorman uh, <laughs> yeah so do you two do this, you know this Jack Leto is just too much for one <laughs> man yeah <laughs> um, so Jack Black has enough stuff I feel like this is a reasonable question to ask do yeah. What's your favorite Jack Black thing? High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Yeah. How about you, Ski? Oh, probably Shallow Hell. I really love that one. Uh, see, I don't think Shallow Hell holds up well. Um, yeah. But I would say, for me personally, it's Saving Silverman. Have you ever seen that? That uh, one's pretty I hilarious. I saw it once. Yeah. With you. The Diamonds in the Rough. Diamonds yeah. in the Rough? 
That was his uh, Neil Diamond, Diamond tribute. Band. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can. You have such a good memory on the. <laughs> I didn't remember that either. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen that movie several times, and I don't know. It just even though I don't think it's a great movie, mm-hmm. it just has a soft spot for yeah. me. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, I can't remember how we do this, but I'll just go because I think Ski has more stuff written there, so he must have a story to come. I do. Got two more pages. Okay. So I guess we'll do. Uh, who is your uh, Who is your MVP for this episode, Brent? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Ramon. Ramon. Yeah. That's a bad choice. How about you, Ski? Why is that a bad choice? <laughs> he was only in for like 30 seconds, and he wasn't that funny while he was in there. You're just giving he him did to like him as an actor. Exactly. And so. He had the hand gestures. But you said he thought he could have done that better anyway. He said you thought it would have been better if his threat was more veiled and not exactly, as direct. Exactly, but that's the writer's problem, not his. <laughs> he did the best with what he was given. Sure. And I freaking love Dirk Gently. That is a show that everybody should watch. Never and, even heard of it. Oh, it's I so con- good. I considered giving it to Jack Black, but I did not. See, if you give it to Jack Black, then it lends screens to the fact that he's Kent Spornak's equal. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Jack Black. Well, who, who got your MVP since so- Jack Black? Sophia. Did? I said great lines, and she was willing to sacrifice, quote-unquote, her own happiness had to save the girl's friendship. Well, see, I... Well, she didn't really take one for that's the team. Said, she went to live in a When she went to Shady Pines, though, we don't know if she realized it was so nice now. Yeah, that, that's perhaps We don't ever true, really get told that. Although she seems to be pretty in the know in the elderly community. Yeah. So. Fair, fair point. Well, I gave her beating the shit out of Dorothy. I gave Rose my MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I thought I gave it to Sophia for the line of you are <laughs> you lead us now. Yeah, yeah, that was great. It was a great line. So then how many slices for you, Brent? Like two and a half. Wow, he really man, we were on both. I gave this one a seven. I said the two part episodes live up to the name, in my opinion. It felt like it was old like these old girls. After it got past them fighting, which luckily was fairly early on, um, I, I liked it quite a bit. I gave it a six. I thought it was solid, but cool. I just had a just a fundamental difference in why they were bringing her back. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. But uh so ski. I know you have a bit more uh, I do. pipe down there, so you have a little something for us before we close it out? We got Dorothy's Diary. Okay, nice. Entitled Contestants Ready. After turning home from her trip to see the girls in Miami, Dorothy sits on the couch with Lucas and tells him that she's had enough adventure and drama for a little while. He looks back with a disappointed face and asks, so should I cancel my surprise for tomorrow? Dorothy, a bit shocked, asks him, what do you have, what do you have planned? He responds, I don't know about drama, but I bought some tickets for adventure. No. Oh, just tickets to adventure. Sorry. Oh, to adventure. Nice. You're not going to tell me, are you? He shyly, uh, he slyly shakes his head no, uh, but says that he will try to sell them if, he, if she'd really prefer to stay home. Curious, she tells him that she'll go, but wants the uh, next week to be low-key. Okay. He happily agrees and suggests they uh, turn in early for the night. I can understand that she'd be worn out from all those days of being a housewife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did just get done working as a waitress in oh, the hotel. Fair yeah, enough. she just got back and then there was yeah. the whole like, mom mm. missing and stuff. That's fair. I'll, I'll, I retract. After a Freddy free night of relaxing sleep. Hmm. What's that mean? You know, that's what they call it. Freddy. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy is uh, chomping at the bit to know what Lucas has planned. He simply tells her to wear comfortable clothing as they will have an active day. Mm. She dresses accordingly, and they grab a light uh, breakfast on their way to Omni Coliseum, home of the Atlanta Hawks, okay. back in 92, of course. Okay. Correct. 
Dorothy's face drops a bit when she reads the marquee display. American Gladiators, 1992 tour, USA. Oh, nice. I'm going to see Dynamo. <laughs> she turns to Lucas. I'm a nitro man myself. <laughs> <laughs> Ski's team, sulfur dioxide. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> she turns to Lucas, who is driving and chuckling to himself. Lucas, you know I don't really care for that show. He looks at, back at her with a smile and says, Don't worry, darling. It'll be fun, I promise. They park and make their way into the stadium. They find their seats and see the various American gladiator sets below. They chat about her trip to Miami and as the Coliseum fills up with attendees and fans. Loud, energetic music plays, a precursor to the first Jock Jams album. <laughs> Volume 1 will release later in 1995. The lights dim and the crowd cheers. Then quiet as the announcers welcome them to the show. Uh, Mike... Adam Ali, Adam Ali, I don't know how, and NFL Hall of Famer, Larry Zonka. <laughs> ah, <laughs> you made up the story and you don't know how to pronounce the name? I didn't make up the story. Those were the actual announcers back in 92. Oh. <laughs> but, but this isn't actually Dorothy's diary. <laughs> you did make up the story. You may not have made up the name, right. but you did make up the story. I, I, I heard it in the video clip I watched, but I oh, can't remember okay. how it's pronounced. Fair enough. I should have made it phonetically written. <laughs> It's A-D-A-M-L-E, Adamly or Adamly sure. or something. They introduce the contestants and, of course, the gladiators. After the first several events, uh, there was an intermission. Dorothy turns to Lucas and tells him over the roar of the crowd, you know, I don't much care for this on TV, but in person, it really gets you going. Mm. He looks back at her and smiles again. I'm so happy to hear you say that. Just then, Larry Zonka walks down their aisle and shakes Lucas's hand. Buddy, it's so great to see you. Jaw dropped. Dorothy asks how... <laughs> Larry Zonka. TV's Larry Zonka. Yeah. Well, he was, he was one of the announcers. Right, yeah, I know. I understood. Him and Adam Adamley. He was a Miami <laughs> Dolphin, too. That's true. Jaw dropped. So was Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> but actually, he has a good... Uh, uh, he was in the. Uh, he was for the Dolphins and then the Giants. Mm. So I mean, those were the two places that Dorothy lived. That's true. <laughs> Never played for the Falcons though, where she lives now. That's right. <laughs> Jaw dropped. Dorothy asked how they know one another. She's more of a Michael Vick fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you bred Meeks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was hoping one of you would go that way. <laughs> Lucas explains that he met Larry in a New York bar back when he played for the Giants while he was on a business trip. Suddenly, the spotlight shines on them. Larry raises the microphone and announces that they've chosen the halftime contestants from the audience. Dorothy's face goes pale, or pale white, as she instantly realizes what's going on. She shakes her head no, but Lucas nods yes. They are escorted down to the floor level and meet up with Dorothy's gladiator, Diamond, and Lucas's Viper. A simplified race slash obstacle course is set up for the ne- for the halftime event. Meanwhile, the gladiators will be trying to hit Dorothy and Lucas with balls fired from an air cannon. After the shell shock has faded from Dorothy, only anger remains, and she puts her her game face on. Right. They started. They stand behind a white line next to one another. And I meant to say this, uh, write this down, but I totally didn't. Mm-hmm. They always say. You know, contestants ready, gladiators ready, mm-hmm. and the alarm sounds. While Lucas is quick out of the gate, 
Dorothy pushes him into a padded wall and takes off with a big lead. As Lucas recovers, he is pummeled by no less than four balls. Meanwhile, Dorothy deftly ducks around barriers and corners. Lucas makes up some time, but Dorothy pulls off the win, and it's only hit by two balls in the effort. <laughs> Lucas is hit an additional six times. Viper is quite a good aim. Right. The couple towel off and return to their seats to watch the remainder of the show. Dorothy vows to get back at her husband, but he can't hear her over his own laughter. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Very nice. <laughs> I think my... <laughs> that was a solid story. <laughs> um, I, my favorite, at least, part of that story is the idea that it's two 70-year-olds <laughs> who are running the course. <laughs> Larry Zonka had to pull some strings. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the halftime event, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they actually have halftime events. I don't know if it was new to me. American yeah. Gladiators ever did a tour, but I wouldn't doubt it that. It seemed at all. plausible. Yeah. yeah. Well, the tour, I would think, is a likelihood, honestly, yeah. but the halftime event, I'm not sure about. Yeah. So. Well, that was a solid story from Dorothy's diary. The yeah. one that you didn't make up, that you... <laughs> I like that Dorothy's diary she writes in the third person. Yeah. <laughs> you have your point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> first one was that way too, wasn't it? <laughs> Good times. She's a literary... Prof- she's a, a, she I is. I almost said professor, but... Yeah. Just say... Uh, Literary, not, I don't even call her an expert. Let's just call her an academic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. She's a teacher. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was a solid story ski and a solid recap as well. I appreciate it. Um, so do you guys have anything else to add before we close this one out? Just uh, live, laugh, love, stay golden. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just call it at that? Sure. <laughs> well, okay. I'll, I'll give it to you. Live, love, laugh, stay golden, Coco. Okay. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.